This is a 2B Me podcast with me, Patty. This is a podcast for anyone where I talk about life, music, hobbies, just anything. Today's show could be your favorite topic, so listen in. I keep thinking about what do I talk about now? Sure, I told you about me and, of course, beginning of the year, what do we all do? Try to something new, take care of ourselves. I hope you're still doing that. But then where are we? I gave you all the happy. What about that other side that you have to work on? Is it mental health? Mental health. That's what we're going to talk about today. As much as I'd love to just say, I am just happy-go-lucky Patty and I have no worries in the world and nothing bothers me and I just brush it off my shoulder. There's never a problem and I always see that the glass is half full. I wish that was true. You know, I think for a long time, I was like that. I was probably queen of the naive, just thinking everyone was good because I thought I was good. I still think I'm good. And I would never hurt anybody, even if they've hurt me, because why? Looking out in this world today, do we need more of that? I'm pretty sure you know that answer is no. There's so much hate and anger and just mean out there in the world. I don't want to be somebody who's adding to it. So mental health. I think I've struggled with mental health since I got into college. Things in high school, grade school, more normal. You get into college and it's like a whole new life. And then I went through some things. For one, I had a problem when I started college. I had a bunch of friends from high school. And something had happened and they all stopped talking to me. It was probably the hardest thing I ever had in my life up to that point. Because many of these people were people that I'd known since first grade. So if you lost pretty much what you felt like everyone who was ever close to you since you were five years old and now you're like 18, who are you? What are you? What did you do? Well, it's definitely a mental toll to have something like that happen to you. And I was dating someone at the time. And that was pretty much all I had. But, you know, I had to go to school and I had a job. And I still was living at home with my parents. And my parents could see I wasn't okay. So they were able to find Catholic family charities who have therapists. I mean, there are a bunch of other things too. But there are therapists. So I started going to see a therapist like once a week, and talking about that and how it made me feel, along with probably other things in my life that maybe I wanted to work on, like communication issues with my parents. Um, It was so long ago. I mean, it was over 20 years ago that I did that. But I remember it. 
I remember sitting in that room. I even had a session where my parents came in to work on our communication skills. And I do think that that helped me. It definitely picked me up. It gave me ideas to think about and helped me through a time I don't ever wish on anyone to be without a friend. There was no social media then like it is now. I'm sure I could go into some AOL chat room, but you didn't know them and they were from all over and most of them were disgusting. But all I had was myself and the guy that I was dating at that time. And I worked hard to try to find other people. And I was very lucky that I did have some people that I knew of outside of my grade school and my high school that I saw in college and you'd meet somebody or they were in a classroom with me. So I got blessed again in the world by meeting some great people, people that I ended up having as roommates, as close friends, and we'd go out and party, you know, enjoyed our 21st birthday together. It was a blessing. It was still hard because that hurt has never even gone away. To this day, I'm still hurt by it all. And I can think about it and it just makes me sad. Time went on. Life happened. Um, broke up with that guy. Moved on. Met someone else that was not a good fit either, unfortunately. I thought it was going to be. It was a random person that I met while out one night and we just started talking and kind of hit it off. But, oh, well, you move on from that too. Uh, in the midst of that, I lost one of my best friends. I didn't mention from all those people in the high school, mostly it was girls, you know, but those girls were dating the boys, etc. So they all go in with it. So even if I was friends with like one of the guys, I couldn't be friends with them really because they were friends with all those girls. But there were two guys from high school that stayed my friends. And they were both on the west side of Missouri for college. And I just stayed their friends and we had email. So I talked to them that way or phone calls if they came back into town or had life things happen. And I would go visit um, one of them came back here for a while because his dad was sick. So I got to spend a semester with him. That was pretty cool. Um, but, you know, life went on, stayed their friends. When I was 25, though, um, one of those two passed away in a car accident. I heard about it on the news and couldn't realize in my brain, like my brain could not fathom what had just happened? Somebody that I'd known since I was 13, and I can still see his face the first time I ever saw him walking through the hallways in high school. It was September, and he's wearing a jacket, and he had like a leather duffel bag as his school bag, and this perfect blonde hair, <laughs> and this goofy smile. And I just remember seeing him across the way because we were in different homerooms and we were checking everything out on freshman orientation. And I don't know why I remembered him, but I did. And I had no idea from that moment that we ended up being best friends. 
somebody who would call me while he was on the toilet to tell me what he was doing and then just wanted to have a conversation like it was no big deal. I miss those conversations so much. We went through so many things, some ups and downs in life and being hurt by other people, but we were always there for each other. And he's been gone for 16 years now. And it still sometimes feels like yesterday. And I tell you, I don't think there's any therapist in the world that can make this pain go away. I couldn't imagine losing a child because if this is how I feel about losing my best friend, I wouldn't be able to take it. I mean, just seriously, I would not be able to take it. I cry sitting in this room, talking to myself, hoping somebody listens to know that it hurts like hell to lose your best friend. Whether you lose them because they walked away from you or you lost them because of just the world, it's the worst feeling ever. I went to therapy for that too. I actually had to get on medication and I remember it was called Effexor. And I said, I just got to stop crying. I got to stop crying. I have to be able to function. I ha- I'm in my 20s. I mean, I'm out of college. I'm working a full-time job. I had an apartment. I just need to get back to being normal. And they put me on Effexor and it was like I felt nothing. I couldn't feel sad. I couldn't feel happy. You know, the depression market of pills, who knows? It is a toss-up what's going to help you and what's not going to help you because everyone is so different. Their brains are so different. Their DNA is made up so different. No one's the same. And just because it worked for you or a friend or a parent, another family member, doesn't mean it's going to work for you. And that stuff did not, I never want to see that again because I never want to not feel, well, man, I don't know if that's really true either, huh? Sometimes it'd be nice not to feel. I got a little bit of that going on right now in my life that I would love to not feel sometimes. And I'd love to not have things affect me, but I am still on medicine to this day. I have taken different things. I stopped for a while while I was pregnant. The moment I had my child, I don't know why, because all I ever wanted was to be a mom. But my daughter came out. She looked all perfect, and I can still see that picture in my brain of her when they showed off to the side. And then I started having a little issues And then she started having some issues. I guess her blood sugar was low. So I probably had gestational diabetes after the fact of taking all the tests, including the three-hour one. So I was really out of it and brought back into the room and being told that my daughter is going to be taken to a different hospital because I had no idea that not every hospital had some type of a NICU. And the hospital I picked because it was really nice and new and cool way to on the screen to order food that my daughter couldn't stay with me after she was born. 
So they took my daughter from me and I didn't see her for three days. Her dad would call me through FaceTime so I could see her. And then I would see him being upset and crying because I think he was lost because I wasn't there and not really knowing what to do and how he could help her. And why is she there? She looks perfect. Everything's perfect. Her blood sugar was just a little off. But if all I ever wanted to do was be a mom, and then you took my child away, for whatever reason, it completely messed me up. Breastfeeding ended up being traumatic. Her dad going back to work was traumatic. We were so grateful we had a neighbor across the street that had an at-home daycare. So they let me go over there. And I went there every day for pretty much two weeks to adjust because I felt so alone. Not that I was scared I would do something to her or myself or anything. It was just the being alone. And she was the best baby too. So I don't know why she was scaring me so much in the world or being a mom was scaring me so much, but she was amazing. And that day we got to finally bring her home, which was completely unexpected you know, you thought you'd get better, but ugh, it didn't. So went back to the doctor. They put me on Zoloft because that was something safe you could have to breastfeed, which ended up not working out either, which was also annoying for me and kind of traumatizing. Ugh. See, depression, ups and downs. I had this beautiful baby and yet I still felt down and lonely. It makes no sense. I'll have this little girl forever and she loves me. And she tells me all the time that she's just going to glue herself to my body. (laughs) You know, sometimes I'd like that. I kind of want to just make a suit like a kangaroo suit and just zip her on into the front and take her everywhere I go. I think that would make, that's probably the best depression medicine ever. (laughs) But uh, depression is real and you can't always get away from it. Sometimes you don't even realize how far in a depression you are. And no matter how many people are talking to you and maybe telling you, hey, I'm concerned or what's going on and you're like, oh, nothing. Or you think maybe I'll just get better later because X should happen or Z should happen. If you're getting any inkling inside of you that something doesn't feel right, you need to get help. I'm not saying you have to get on medicine. I'm not saying you have to go to a therapist, but you got to reach out to somebody. There's a message thing on this app for my podcast. And if you have no one, you feel like you have no one, please message me because I'll at least listen. I may still suggest that you see a therapist, which I'm seeing one right now. I go once a week, guys. I go once a week. And if it's a really bad week, I might go twice because I know that it's helping me. Whether or not it's just somebody to talk to who's unbiased, who may be mad at, you know, the situation in your life and hate somebody or say, oh, somebody's going to do this and this is why they're acting this way. You know, they're just unbiased and you may need that in what you're doing. 
And if you especially don't know me, I'm probably going to be unbiased at least for a while until I realize you're amazing, which you are, and that you can always do better or work harder or change a circumstance that may feel awful right now, but are you already feeling awful in some other way? My depression was so bad and so scary that I just acted like it didn't exist. My daughter started having, I don't know, just fits all the time around like three or so, but it got so bad and it was so embarrassing and she needed me. And I wish I could have just quit my work and just be at home with her every day and just hold her tight till she felt comfort. And it got hard for her being at school. And I just knew we needed some extra help. I reached out to parents as teachers and said, can you help us? And she ended up getting in with some special people. I don't know if they're behavior specialists or special ed teachers or something. But, you know, I mean, she'd go there and they'd be like, I'm not quite sure while she's here. She'd have a fit here and there. And she'd learned the saying, you get what you get and you don't throw a fit. Well, sometimes she still threw that fit. And because all that was happening, I was scared to see my own friends because I was embarrassed about what could happen. My friends were aware that we were going through stuff. And if they're your friends, they're going to support you and try to help you. And if they're really good friends, and I got a few of those, they'll even tell your kid to knock it off. Those are my favorite friends. Because <laughs> sometimes they need to hear it from somebody else because mom and dad just don't cut it. When somebody else is seeing it, it helps. So you're lucky if you have a friend like that. So I know I'm lucky to have friends like that. <laughs> but I was embarrassed to go out with my child outside of the house to go do things and see other things where it wasn't maybe just she and I because I didn't know what people would think. So because of that, I felt super alone. And I was scared to have her have a babysitter because what if she acted that way and they couldn't handle it? And then they would hate my daughter or something. I know, so dramatic. And it maybe would have never happened. I just don't know. I just wish I could replay that part of my life again and maybe change it. And maybe things in my life now would be differently, but you get one life and I lived it that way. Now out of that, my daughter loves me more than anything in the world. That part I would never have wanted to change. I love doing stuff with her. I hate that I don't have a maid that can come clean my house so that I can just spend more time with her. But it was very depressing to not go out and hang out with other friends and friends' kids and play dates and things like that because I lived in that fear and I was very alone. And um, I would work out and try to like make myself feel a little better. Nothing would change. Nothing would stop it. I ended up getting on medicine at that time to try to help me get through it. And I stopped crying. 
So that was awesome. Um, Cause I didn't want to cry all the time, but that doesn't change how you're feeling. It doesn't change your life. So um, I realized I couldn't even look at myself in the mirror. Like I would just get up. I was happy. I was taking a shower and that was all of it. I literally was running around in the same old clothes every single day. And I just didn't care. Sadly, I didn't realize how much I didn't care. I mentioned earlier, you know, some stuff went down in my life a few months back. And it was like a near-death experience. Where I went, holy crap, I am so depressed and I had no idea. I'm literally in a hole looking up saying, I had no idea. I really just didn't. I just was like living with blinders. It's scary. It scares me to death how much I had no idea what I was feeling. I don't know if it was medicine. I don't know if I suppressed it. I didn't know if I just ignored it and thought, this is it. I don't know. I wish I knew. I still don't know. And I go to therapy for it. But you know, your current life topics come up while you're in sessions. So it's really hard sometimes to like think backwards and be like, wait a minute, how did I get here in the first place? Maybe I wouldn't have this week's confrontation, this week's issue, if I could figure out what happened years ago that made me be so depressed and have no idea what was happening to me. You know, now... When I get up in the morning, like if my hair does not look good, which I'm somebody with naturally curly hair. So when I wake up in the morning, if I was hot at all or something, it is a big old poof, half curly, half straight, whatever, that I'm like going into the bathroom and putting water in my hands, run it through my hair so I can run over to the hot airbrush, which is amazing, hot airbrush, and fixing my hair because I can't stand it. And then I rarely wear a ponytail anymore. And I used to live in ponytails. And now I'm like, nope, mm-mm, no, I want to do that. Because like I said, I couldn't even look in the mirror. Now I look in the mirror every day. And even if I'm having a bad time, sometimes I look in the mirror and I say, you're okay. Or I talk to God or whatever, whatever your preference is. But just look at yourself and calm down. And that's what I do for me. And yeah, I started wearing a little bit of makeup. Sometimes it's a little bit more, but just that little bit of foundation and maybe mascara and my eyebrows are ruined from high school a little bit too. So maybe a little bit of eyebrow gel stuff and I can feel so much better. Do I have to wear makeup? Nope. Do I always want to wear makeup? Nope. But that's nice to have a little bit of extra something. And it just makes me feel good. Um, also, since probably July, I started taking Plexus products. And a lot of things that can help you with, like, that contribute to depression and your mental health is gut health. I know. Who would have thought it? But tons of research about what your gut health can do for your joints, your brain, your skin. It's 
it's something. And, you know, I've mentioned many times that I've like dealt with me as a person here and I've dealt with gaining weight. People for a while in high school thought I was too skinny or even sick looking. Then I was kind of steady. Then I went up some and then I was kind of doing okay. Then I had a baby and then that depression all kicked in and I just kind of blah. I would try to work out, I would try to eat healthy and nothing would work. And I talked about in my last podcast that, you know, that mental roadblock was there for those type of things. And that was even part of the depression. Like, I can't eat. I can't go cook food. I don't want to go to the grocery store. Like, I can't do those things because then I got to go out in the world. People have to see me. And I got to see people. Ugh. And it's fun now. Like if my daughter and I get to run into the food store like real quick before she's got to go to school or something, there's even like a checker that we see. And the other day we were there and I know it's a pandemic, but she saw my little girl and my little girl saw her and they ran towards each other and gave each other a hug. If that doesn't make you want to go to that grocery store, I don't know what can. The two of them danced in the aisle one day. She always gets her stickers. Even if the store got rid of stickers, she said she was going to the dollar store just to especially get her one. So I can't, you know, there's no reasons to not go to the grocery store um, and cook some meals. That doesn't have to be hard. There's Instapots. I got that new wave oven. These people got the air fryers. I mean, half the stuff gets done for you. So food and gut health and all those things really do help your brain and your mental stability. But I'm not going to lie. I still fight with it every day. I'm fighting a big struggle in my life right now. I'm not going to get into it just yet. But um, depression is huge for so many. Depression and anxiety. I don't talk too much about anxiety because I don't think it really has me too much. And I think that's just because I've had like an outgoing personality forever. I mean, I was a cheerleader in high school. I played lots of sports, things where I had to be around other people. And my parents are both very sociable people. Um, so I don't think I have the anxiety part. I have a, I have worry, but I don't have anxiety. Uh, my daughter's um, dad has some bad anxiety, but, you know, I see how that affects him. I have other friends when their anxiety kicks in and you just see their body language change. And those are all things that, you know, we have to get help on or figure out or how we learn to deal with it. Whether or not you get, you know, a therapist or counselor or a friend. Somebody to be your ringman to help you through those bad times that, that make you feel anxious or make you feel depressed. I hope you're finding those people out there in the world. You know, if you found this podcast because you don't know me then you know that I'm that person that like you could be posting something and I'll be like, are you okay? Do you need to talk about something? Like I'm that person, even though I could be going through like hell, I'd rather stop what I'm doing because I'm a fixer to try to help you. Now my daughter may be mad if I'm on the phone. I'm like, I'm just trying to talk to somebody, you know, just, just help them. They're having a bad day. And then she's like, Oh, so I I'm praying she's getting that heart too. Um, I hope she, knows that she's still number one, but getting that heart. 
I can't believe how much I've talked about depression and anxiety and even a little bit of gut health for over 20 minutes. (laughs) I'm sure we could talk about this all day long. But I really hope that right now you're getting out of this that we probably all have some type of depression. It's our own thing. Um, and you can deal with it by working out, medication, food, friends, getting out in the lot in the world and doing something. Um, I hope you do something or that you reach out if you really feel you're at the end of the rope. Please reach out to me, to a friend. Or call those 800 numbers that are out there. Call your EAP from your insurance company. Whatever you can do. But this is a big deal. And it's also something that probably even comes at the beginning of the year. Probably a lot more. Because everyone's like, oh, I'm in a new year. It's the same thing as it always has been. You know, because you can feel that way. Or you get the other way of new year, new me. Or same me. (laughs) But we're going to work on making things better. Well, let's work on it together. I started this podcast to tell you my stories and I worry how much I can tell or not tell or whatever. But at this time, you know, I hope I told you that a story that maybe relates to you or that you can go, man, that does sound like it sucks. And she's working on going through it because she's not giving up. So don't give up. Keep going. Depression is crazy. Don't drink. Don't do drugs to try to just get away from that depression, okay? It may work for a day, but it's not going to work forever, all right? Um, You know, you had somebody pass away. Yeah, you may want to get a little drinky on. I get it, but you can't do that every day to make it go away. You have to work on it. So work together, okay? We're here. I'm always here. Write me a message. Do whatever you can. Thank you for listening to the To Be Me podcast. Please take a moment to subscribe if you haven't already. You can follow me on Instagram at patty underscore to be me again. That's P-A-T-T-I underscore the number two, the letter B, me again. I hope you enjoyed this as much as I did. Until next time, wishing you lots of love and light in your journey to finding presence and bliss in your daily lives. Thank you.